Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. This is Pastor Tommy McMurtry from the Liberty Baptist Church of Rock Falls. Glad to have you back with us today. Hope everyone had a great week and hope everybody's doing great this morning. And right now, we just want to come and hopefully be a blessing to you today. I hope that these our programs and these messages have been a help and an encouragement to everyone. We just want to be a blessing. Hope you'll send us a question if you have one you'd like to hear us talk about on the air. If you'd like to influence the subject matter of this program, just email us at libertybc2011 at att.net. Or you can even write us a letter, send it to our church mailing address, 2002 9th Avenue in Rock Falls. And we'd be glad to try to answer those on the air for you. And I have a question this morning. We're going to get right into this. And this question is from Diane. And it says, Jesus spoke in parables in Matthew chapter 13. It was the parable of the sower. And in verse 10, the disciples asked him why he spoke to the crowd in parables. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 3 and 4, it says, For this is good and acceptable, in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Please reconcile these passages in Matthew and 1 Timothy. So a very good question that we have there, because we see in 1 Timothy that it's God's desire that everyone gets saved. And I just want to say that I do agree with that. I believe that, that God wants everyone to be saved. But the truth is, the only ones who will be saved are those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If people will not believe, then they will not be saved, even though that's what God wants. But we do know that God wants everyone to be saved. That's his desire. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But then here in Matthew, we see it looks like we've got uh, a different message where it talks about how some things were hidden from those, how he God did not reveal some things uh, to others, but and so how do we answer this? How does this make sense? Well, first of all, let's go ahead and read a little bit of this in Matthew chapter thirteen, verse ten. It says, "The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables?" I don't know. I can only assume, but I wonder if the disciples noticed that the people did not get this parable of the seed and the sower. And Jesus, he answered and said unto them, because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. God did not allow them to understand this parable. And it says, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, 
and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So right there we see that it's clear that God didn't want them to understand these things. But notice in this passage that what it is that's hidden from the multitudes. These were not things that were concerning salvation, but they were things concerning the mystery, uh, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. These were hidden, and they were hidden for a couple reasons. One, it was clear that these people did not want to know the truth. They didn't want to know. You notice in that passage where it says, you know, that their ears were dull of hearing. Their eyes were closed. These things that Jesus said, many of the things that Jesus taught the Jews, it's clear they did not want to know the answers. They did not want to know the truth. And that's the case with many people in the world today. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And so there's many things that they just cannot understand. So some truths we see in the Bible are spiritually discerned. God blinded their minds to the mysteries of the kingdom because they wouldn't listen to the message of salvation. Had they listened to the first message, then God could have revealed the second message. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man, the natural man is someone who is lost, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, that's a saved person, judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. And that term judge there is talking about being understood. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So basically, what we see here in these passages is that, and what we can get from this, is when it comes to salvation, I believe that God reveals that to everyone, their need for salvation. That's the first thing that people need to understand. And when it comes, then when it comes to the things of the mysteries of the kingdom, when it comes to some of the deeper things of the word of God, there are some people that if they're lost, they're just not going to get it. They're not going to understand it. And so basically, yes, Timothy is, is absolutely right. God wants everyone to be saved but what he was talking about in Matthew, the things that were hid from them, those were some of the deeper things, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, if you're lost today and listen to this program, there's some things in this message that I'm going to talk about that you will not get, you will not be able to understand. But then if there's those who are saved, that they're going to get it. They're going to understand it. And if you want to understand the deeper things, well, you've got to get the first thing first. And the first thing that you need is you need to realize you're a sinner. You need to realize that Jesus is a Savior, and you need to call on the Lord for salvation. And if once you do that, then you will be quickened, the Bible says. You will be raised spiritually, and then as you grow in Christ, you will learn and you will understand things that before were foolishness to you. And there are some things that go on in church that maybe you're if you're lost right now, you scratch your head and you're like, why do these people do this? You'll never understand it until you receive Jesus Christ, until his Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. They are hidden from you. But Jesus Christ, he wants to reveal them to you, but you've got to be saved first. So I hope that answers your question, and I appreciate that. And I just want to encourage you all to 
keep sending questions our way, and hopefully they'll be a help and a blessing to you. We just want to encourage you to read your Bible. And I just, I'd like to take this moment just to brag on my church folks a little bit. They, I'm, I tell you, they keep me challenged. Uh, they're always coming to me with really good questions, some really hard ones sometimes. And you know, I'm okay with that because when people are asking questions, one, it shows their thinking. There's not a whole lot of thinking going on in this world today, especially concerning spiritual things. And it also shows me they've been reading their Bible. The questions that people are coming to me, you don't just come up with these out of your head. You had to have been reading your Bible. You had to have been studying, paying some close attention. And I am glad they do that. I tell you, there are some churches that you could go to and you could preach whatever you wanted. And nobody's going to call you out on it because the people don't know the Bible. They're not reading their Bibles. And I look at what's going on in some of these churches today and what preachers are preaching. And it's like, how in the world are they getting anybody to listen And the truth is, the people just aren't in the Word. They're not reading their Bibles. Therefore, they don't know when they're being lied to. And I think that's sad. And I tell you, I appreciate our folks because if I ever get tempted to start doing something like that, well, I think I'm going to get called out on it pretty quick. And I tell you, I I do not mind that accountability one bit. I think it's a very good thing. But this morning... I want to start out reading in Philippians chapter 2. I am going to bring a message to you that I just uh, th- I love. I love this passage of Scripture that I'm going to read. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, we see, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love that passage, and I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that day when every knee will bow. We've got a lot of Christ deniers, Christ rejectors in this world today, but one day every knee will bow, and I'm looking forward to that day, but you know what? That day has not come yet, where every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord. But it is a day that will come, the day where all the world will know the truth about the one we serve, Jesus Christ. That day is coming, but today is not that day. We live in a world where the name of Jesus is mocked, blasphemed, hated, and in some cases and in some places it's even unknown. The world, through the help of places like Hollywood, the liberal news media, they've successfully made Christians and Bible believers look like a bunch of weirdos. They'll call us things like bigots, narrow-minded, Bible thumpers, right-wing extremists, or even things like simple and ignorant because we follow the Bible instead of what they call science. This kind of attack is stronger today than ever before, and it's been said so loud for so long that many Christians act like they've begun to believe what's being said about them. They've made many Christians afraid to say what they really believe. They've made them afraid to show what they believe, and have even made many Christians change what they believe. The effort that the world has made to silence Christians and to make them go into hiding, is working, and it's very successful. And today, I want to remind you 
of the truth about who we serve and challenge you to stop acting like we're the losers. Stop acting like we are defeated. Stop acting like we're wrong. If you're a Bible believer today, you are absolutely right. And what I want to do right now is I want to try to help us to understand the world's thinking, the way they think, why they think the way they do. And because there's a big difference in the way that we think about Christ and the way they think about Christ. You see, when the world thinks about Christ, they only look at his first coming. They just look at what, what they see when he was here on earth. Now, this might be a little hard to wrap your mind around, but those of us who are saved, those of us who know the Bible, we are, we look when we think about Christ, we're looking at his first coming and what we know about his second coming, what we know is yet to come. And it, you see, at Jesus' first coming, when you stop and you look at all the scriptures, and if you just look at the first coming, it's not the most exciting thing that you've ever seen. In his first coming, we see that he was born in a manger. In a manger in Bethlehem. There, there was no room for them in the end. His parents were of no great importance. Nobody knew who they were. He, it wasn't a big deal at his arrival as far as the earth was concerned. As far as heaven was concerned, it was a big deal. You all remember the story of the multitude of heavenly hosts praising God that the shepherds saw. We remember that, but the world didn't pay a whole lot of attention. And, you know, just think about in just recent years, some of the great big births that have taken place, like uh, the royal couple when they had their baby how the news media just all went crazy about it and you know, there was all these thousands of people you know waiting to see the baby and i remember i remember on the news one of the most ridiculous things i ever saw when Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had it their baby everybody was all anxious to see this baby but you know they wanted their privacy and they had a wax figure made of the baby and i remember seeing a picture of photographers taking pictures of a wax figure of this baby. It was the most crazy thing I ever saw in my life. They were making a big deal about it, and it was just a child of some actor. I mean, who really cares? But our world makes a great big deal about people like that, and we think they're really important. But when Jesus Christ was born, nobody seemed to pay attention. It wasn't a big deal. People didn't care. But we know that at Jesus' second coming, which is also what we look at, we see that Jesus is going to come back in the clouds, flying on a white horse. We see that in Revelation 19, verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Right there we see an amazing picture of Jesus at his second coming. And I'm telling you, it's a whole lot different than his first coming, isn't it? You know, just think about when Jesus was dying on the cross. What if his disciples would have been there proclaiming what Jesus was doing for them? I mean, think about that. That's not a pretty picture. When Jesus came the first time, he was nailed to a cross. He was beaten. He was humiliated. He was nailed to a cross. Not that exciting of a picture. 
But you and I understand, if you're saved today, what he was doing on that cross. He needed to go there. He needed to pay for our sins. Had he not went to the cross, we would have no hope of heaven. And his disciples, we see in the story, were in hiding. They should have been at the cross proclaiming what Christ was doing. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That's what should have been going on. But they were in hiding. They missed an opportunity because things didn't look good at that time to the world. We see that the first time Jesus Christ came, he was rejected as the Messiah. Isaiah 53 verse 3 prophesied that he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. That was Christ at his first coming. But at his second coming, he will be coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 19:16. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's Christ at his second coming. And I'm looking forward to that. Psalm 118, verse 22, The stone which the builders refused, the same as became the head stone of the corner. What a difference between Christ's first coming and his second coming. And we're looking at both. But the world, it's like it only sees the first coming. It sees him being rejected. It sees him born in a manger. It sees him dying on the cross. And they don't understand the significance of that. They don't understand the significance of the virgin birth. They don't understand that he could not have had an earthly father. Otherwise, he would have inherited the sin nature. But he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, there was no sin in him like there is with you and me. We see that he did have to die on the cross to pay for our sins. But the world doesn't understand that. They don't think their sin is a big deal. They don't really see the point in Jesus dying on the cross. But you and I understand it was absolutely necessary we see at Christ's first coming, he was cursed. He was mocked, Matthew twenty-seven, twenty-nine. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, not just to hurt him, but to humiliate him. And, in his, and a reed was in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. But we see at his second coming, a multitude that no man can number will cry out, The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. We see that in Revelation 19. We see in Revelation 5, where everyone is singing, you know, worthy is the Lamb. When the, I mean, what an amazing, amazing time that's going to be. But that's all at His second coming. It wasn't like that at His first coming. At His first coming, He was crowned with thorns. At His second coming, we see in Revelation that He'll be wearing many crowns. And what a vast difference that we see. And I'm telling you right now... As a, being a Christian, right now being a believer in Christ, being a follower of Christ, it doesn't always look good. It doesn't always appear to be exciting. And you know, many Christian people, I'm afraid, it's like they've lost faith and they've let the world mock them. They've let the world you know, despise them and they've started believing the things that the world's telling them. And you know, we've got to stop acting that way. We've got to start acting victorious. We, If you're saved today, okay, you are a victorious person. I mean, your sins have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. I mean, what, we have no reason to act like a loser. But you know, when the world sees Christians just rolling over in defeat, acting like a loser, they're going to get a bad impression of the one that we serve. They are. I mean, if 
we represent Christ here on earth. And no wonder so many people have a negative opinion about Jesus Christ because sometimes we as his representatives don't do the very best job. You know, when you're ashamed to spread the gospel, you're going to be sending the wrong message. Romans 1.16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Why are we ashamed to tell people about Jesus Christ? He could save their soul from hell. Why would we be ashamed of that? I mean, it, that gospel message that we preach, it is the power of God unto salvation. They're not going to get saved through religion. They're not going to get saved just through your church. They're not going to get saved by good works. You're not going to get saved because of who your parents are and your bloodline or because you're an American or anything like that. We are saved because of Jesus Christ. And we ought to start acting like that. We ought to, we have a wonderful message that we have the privilege of sharing and we've just kind of clammed up. We've closed our mouths and we need to start opening again. Second Timothy 1 8 says, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. You see that? Don't be ashamed of the testimony of God. Why would we be ashamed? Well, sometimes on this earth things look bad. It looked bad when Jesus was on the cross. It looks bad. When you see somebody being mocked and you see somebody being criticized for the cause of Christ, when you listen to people who stand up for the truth get ridiculed by the news media, when you see that maybe a co-worker of yours that's a believer and he's maybe mocked for his faith and people make fun of him and put him down, it doesn't look real good, does it? But when we look at the second coming, when we start focusing on the second coming of Christ and what's going to happen, it should cause us to forget all of that. Because while most of the world now reject Christ, while they do not believe the gospel, while they blaspheme his name on a regular basis, you can't turn on a television without hearing the name of Christ blasphemed. You can't walk down a street without hearing the name of Christ blasphemed. It's all over the place. It's ridiculous. But one day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess one of these days, everyone is going to know who's right. And you know what? What's the big deal about believing, about doing right when everybody else is doing it? I don't know about you, but I want to, I want to make a difference. I'd rather stand out from the crowd. And you know, we know how it's going to end. So why not start proclaiming it now? Why don't we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord right now? Why don't we bow the knee before Christ right now? Everyone's going to do it one of these days. I'd rather be one of them doing it when it seems like no one else is doing it. We know how this is going to end. Let's stop acting like the Bible is outdated. The Bible is not outdated. I've heard it said like this before. The Bible is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We do not need to update our Bible to go along with modern thinking. Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God gave us his word. We don't need to change it. And it's like people act like God didn't know what 2015 was going to be like. So he didn't realize, you know, how people were going to think. He didn't know that the world is going to be the way it is now. And so, you know, I think we need to help God out 
and change his word. No, we don't. We need to stick to the same message, the original message that he gave us. We need to stick to the job that he called us to do. We need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is still something that's supposed to happen. I don't care what this day and age is like. I don't care what our culture is like. I know what we were called to do. And the commands that God gave us back then are the ones we're still supposed to be following today. And it's clear in the Bible that it was going to get, that it's going to get more difficult as we see the day of the Lord coming. It's going to get worse. But you know what? It's only a matter of time and everyone's going to know. Don't let people make you think that you're ignorant. Okay, they can call us ignorant all they want. They will know the truth one of these days. They're going to see it. Start learning to skillfully use the sword of the Spirit. Start quoting Scripture to them. Well, I don't want to sound like a fanatic. Go ahead. It's truth. Okay, we're not going to win them over by lying to them. We're not going to help anything by lying. When you're disobedient to the commands and the principles of the Bible, you're going to send a wrong message. A, a person or a player on a sports team that doesn't listen to his coach during a game. Why do they do that? It's because they think they know better. We've got many people today, they're not listening to the Word of God because they think they know better than God does. And if you think that, I'm sorry, but you are sadly mistaken. God knows what's going on he knew what it was going to be like in 2015 and he didn't give us another word to be revealed in 2015 the same bible that we have that he gave back then is the one that we're supposed to follow today the same commands sometimes it's easy to get discouraged satan seems to be getting the victory but god sees what is going on and the day is coming when he's going to make everything right isaiah 35 4 say to them that are of a fearful heart be strong fear not behold your god will come with vengeance even god with a recompense he will come and save you everything we believe about jesus and the bible it's all by faith and there will always be skeptics but the day is coming when there will be no need for faith because one of these days we're going to see jesus christ first john chapter 3 and verse 2 beloved now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Did you all hear that? It, does, it doesn't appear what we shall be. The world can't see what's waiting for us. They can't see what we are going to be. But it doesn't matter one of these days when we see Christ, we're going to be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So you know what? In the meantime, we might as well start doing the best we can to act like him. Just do the best you can. Start serving God. Get excited about God. One of these days, everyone's going to know. We're getting ready to celebrate Easter here in just a couple of weeks. And you know, whenever I think about Easter, I, just, I think about the great opportunity the disciples missed. Those three days and three nights that Jesus Christ was in that tomb, we don't know much about what the disciples were doing. From what we do know, it appears that they were kind of in hiding. And you know, I like to think that if I would have been one of Christ's disciples, and the truth is if I was one of them, I would have probably been hiding too. But I like to think if I would have been there, during those three days he was in the tomb, 
that I would have been outside the tomb waiting for his resurrection. Because remember, he told them that he would rise from the dead after three days. Do you remember when the, they came to the tomb looking for the body and the angel said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? They weren't seeking the living. They were seeking the dead, weren't they? But it's like the angels thought, Why are you seeking? Why, why are you looking for them in the place where the dead are? They, I think the angels assumed that they were coming to see the resurrected Lord. Because remember, the angel then said to them, Remember how he told you these things? They reminded Jesus told you he was going to resurrect. But you know what? They didn't believe that. And that whole time, they should have been... I'm telling you, I like to think if it had been me, I'd have been camped out there. I'd have been recruiting people to come. Hey, Jesus Christ, he's going to resurrect. It's only three days away. And then it's only two days. One day, hey, just a few hours. And any time now, Jesus Christ, he is going to come up from the grave. I like to think that I'd have been there and I'd have been telling people. And you know what? Jesus Christ, He is coming back to this earth, and I don't want to miss that opportunity. And I hope that you will proclaim the Word of God. Get the Gospel out. He's going to be coming, and it could be, I mean, it's going to be exciting when it does. And so right now, let's get the Gospel out to as many people as we can. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you are blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 7.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at at and